0: Hello, it's David here. Thanks for dropping in on The Leader. If you like what you hear, maybe you should subscribe. Just hit the button on your podcast provider. We record on the day of publication, so it's always the most up-to-date commentary and analysis available for your commute home or however you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to see you every day at 4pm, so please do hit that subscribe button. Now, from the evening standard in London, this is The Leader. <coughs> Hi, I'm David Marlson. Can we go on holiday abroad or not?
1: I received a message from my friend saying, have you seen breaking news? you're going to have to quarantine upon return from Ibiza, which is, it's not the message that you hope for.
0: The Evening Standard, Amida Hashish, is self-isolating after returning from the Balearics at the weekend. What's the latest government advice, Anne?
2: There are some reports today uh, saying that the Queen is likely to be most upset by the book, and that probably says what you need to know about its significance, really.
0: Insider editor Lucy Pavia, does a book allegedly revealing rifts between the younger royals reveal a serious problem? Taken from the Evening Standard editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, holidays abroad.
3: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
2: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
4: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delaglio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance.
0: Imagine enjoying the freedom of a beach in Spain after months of coronavirus lockdown, only to discover that when you get home, you're going straight back into quarantine. That's what's happened to thousands after the UK's SNAP decision ordering travellers returning from there to isolate for 14 days. There's been a lot of criticism over the speed of the decision and apparently confusing advice from the government, with Senior Minister Helen Waitley telling people to look very carefully before going abroad. But our editorial column says Downing Street was right to act quickly.
3: There will be ups and downs in dealing with coronavirus, and this is a long-haul situation. The fast-rising number of new cases reported in Spain late last week mean that, without action, there would be a risk of holidaymakers bringing new infections back home. Talk of giving longer notice, or as Labour has vaguely done, of finding an alternative, such as airport temperature tests, to protect the public, is misguided. The former would simply risk possibly infected people rushing home early to beat a deadline – while the second would allow symptomless returnees who might later turn out to have coronavirus to spread the disease. The fight against coronavirus is far from over and the Spanish quarantine should remind everyone that vigilance remains essential.
0: Well, one of those caught up in all of this is the Evening Standard's very own Amira Hashish, who was about to head home from Ibiza when the announcement came through. Amira, where were you and what were you doing when you heard the news?
1: Indeed, yeah. I I was in Ibiza um, with a very good friend of mine. We'd had a relaxing couple of days and um, we were just, we'd had a bite to eat, a late lunch, and uh, we actually were doing some shopping. And I received a message from my friend saying, Have you seen breaking news? you're going to have to quarantine upon return from Ibiza, which is, it's not the message that you hope for. Just as you feel like you're chilling out after a, a tough few months of, um, of isolating, you're told that you go away for a few days and you come back and you're going to have to isolate again. So um, so yeah, it wasn't,
0: wasn't what I hoped for. Yeah, so here you are, a journalist, taking a break from the news, and then suddenly you are one small part of a really big story. It must have been... I mean, were you annoyed or were you just disappointed? Where, where, how did you feel?
1: I think it was just a stark reminder that we are living in these really unusual and quite turbulent times. And that the, the minute that you start to feel like you can take a step back and relax a bit, you actually can't because you don't know what's going to um, be around the corner. And you're right, you know, as a journalist, you sort of feel like you're you're constantly on the cusp of this breaking news. Um, but it's but it's weird when it really starts to to impact your personal life. And I think that's something that we're all experiencing in, in different ways. And of course, after that first message came in, I was then bombarded with lots of other WhatsApps from friends saying, are you still um, in Ibiza? When are you due to come back um, and of course, at that point it was it was too late because my flight coincided with the exact time which would mean that i was uh, I was going to have to quarantine
0: that must be an interesting flight, but everybody on that plane was very happy. <laughs>
1: You know what? I think there was almost a sense of uh, relief that uh, we were on the plane and that it took off because the other thing that uh, people kept messaging me about was, you know, what if what if you get stuck there? What if these planes are cancelled? Um, so, you know, there's all sorts of other panic. But uh, but yeah, I think it was a little bit of relief and, uh, and it was a, a late flight. So people were just trying to sleep their way through it. I think.
0: Well, you are back at work now, socially distanced, isolated, going nowhere near the office, uh, Amira. What is the latest position on travel can can we go on holiday
1: well it's all rather confusing isn't it so so if we take Ibiza as as an example or the Balearics you know what they're saying now at the FCO is that we are allowed to travel to the Balearic Islands such as Mallorca and Ibiza so it's actually just mainland Spain that they're advising against all non-essential travel to however anyone arriving from any part of Spain including its islands must quarantine. So it just feels like a bit of mixed messaging. And I do think that, you know, the Foreign Office is having to make this up on the spot, much like uh, a lot of what we've experienced um, during Covid, but um, but there's also uh, there are a lot of talks apparently going on behind the scenes. So our latest article says that um, Spain's tourism uh, minister has urged uh, the UK to lift its quarantine rules on the Balearic and Canary Islands, and that might happen as early as today. It might not. So again, we're all kind of on tender hooks, having to to tune into the latest and to respond accordingly. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think it is a personal choice, you know. And and what I've learned is that. There are consequences. And I think we're all trying to resume a bit more normality in various aspects of our life. And you do have to take into consideration your your personal circumstances. And you know what, travel for me is a kind of a really important aspect of my life. I find travel really healing. uh, And so I think a lot of people would, um, you know, that you need to do what you need to do, but there are are guidelines that could get in the way and they could change quite literally overnight has happened in my case.
0: next.
2: Everything felt like it was settling down with Harry and William's generation and they used to be you know so close they've been through so much together. In the context of that it's, it's very very serious.
0: Insider editor Lucy Pavia on the book about Harry and Meghan that's ruffling the royals.
4: Hi I'm Lawrence Delaglio host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance.
0: Shrugging off a weekend of headlines about his relationship with his brother Harry, Prince William is back to work promoting mental health awareness.
4: This has been a football season unlike any other. The coronavirus pandemic has affected everyone, and it is clear it will have a big impact on many people's mental health.
0: But while he's been talking to footballers and getting the entire sport to sign up to a mental health declaration as part of the Heads Up campaign, most of the conversation about the royals remains the revelations in the book Finding Freedom, which claims to tell the real story of Harry and Meghan's departure from the royal family, including rifts between the brothers. The Evening Standards Insider editor Lucy Pavia joins me now. Lucy, Prince William's clearly ignoring all of this in public, but in private, this book must be the talk of the palaces.
2: Yes, I mean. This uh, announcement this morning is very much what you would expect from Prince William. Um, It's very much business as usual, but obviously I'm sure that they were reading the papers over the weekend and they're well aware that people's minds are definitely elsewhere at the moment with the very explosive uh, book Finding Freedom, uh, which is due in August, but has been sort of serialised over the weekend.
0: There had been... For quite a while now, lots of rumours about the relationship between Harry and William. But this book has really dived into those and said, yes, there is an issue there, hasn't it?
2: I would say the book makes a number of allegations, which had sort of been swirling around before the publication. But they certainly add fuel to the fire of those allegations. I mean, uh, among them is the fact that that William allegedly told Harry not to rush things with this girl, which is said to have angered Harry. Um, he's said to have told his brother that he felt he should uh, make sure he's not, he wasn't being blinded by lust in the relationship. It also alleges that there was tension between Kate and Meghan, which was reported a lot in the press um, at the beginning of their marriage. Um, and that Meghan felt she wasn't really welcomed into the royal family by Kate. It also alleges that Meghan said, you know, I gave up my entire life for this family. I was willing to do whatever it takes, but here we are and it's very sad. So, yes, it's uh, it's it's fairly explosive, I would say.
0: Harry and Meghan have pretty categorically denied any involvement in the writing of this book but it does seem to portray them in a very sympathetic light drawing out those stories about their holidays and the early days of the romance in in botswana and, and all the things that they were getting up to before the controversies began
2: yes i mean it certainly spins a romantic picture um the book was not authorised by Harry and Meghan um officially and they haven't contributed to it in any official way it must be said but having said that the authors Carolyn and Durand and Owen Scobie are notably uh sympathetic I would say in their coverage in their previous coverage of the Sussexes so before publication you know the book was always presumed to to be a sympathetic account of uh their exit from the royal family and um The result seems to sort of tally with that, yes.
0: Does it matter at all? Is this all just gossip, or is there a serious issue if our future king isn't getting on with his brother?
2: I mean... There are reports today that that the Queen is likely to be the most upset by the book. And that probably says what you need to know about its significance, really. I mean, so in 1992, um, the year that Charles and I um, and the Andrew Morton book came out, sort of detailing all the behind the scenes drama in their marriage. Um, And there was also a fire at Windsor Castle. The Queen called it her Annas Horribilis. Um, And you can't help but feel that actually 2020 is turning out to be Anna Horribilis Part Two, really, with their break from the royal family. Um, And then obviously everything going on with the pandemic. And she's in her 90s. She's been the glue holding this whole thing together for 60 odd years. So naturally, she will be worried about tensions. And you know, there's a frustration, isn't there, that that everything felt like it was settling down with Harry and William's generation. And they used to be, you know, so close. They've been through so much together. In the context of that, it's, it's very, very serious. I was thinking about it um, this morning. It feels like family business rift, which is classic territory for family tension, because you're taking all of the emotions and tensions you might have within a family anyway and you're putting them on steroids and then you add the fact that this is the most famous family business in the world and you have two brothers vying to run it who have very different ideas about the pecking order of that business one of those brothers also has more power in the business which is going to create further tensions um, and and what seems to have happened which is again classic family rifts is you've got this sort of arms race of very sort of minor incidences which just all seem to build up to this very hostile picture and the conclusion appears to be that no one ends up speaking to each other and it's just all quite sad.
0: And that's the leader. You can keep up to date with everything on the Evening Standard's live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. And there's more on these stories in the newspaper itself. We also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm.